This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. And I'm Lawson Walters, and sitting across from me is Gemma Chapman. Good morning. How are you, Gemma? Good, I'm doing well. How are oh, you, Lawson? doing well. I, you know, all right. Well, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Nah, I'm just joking. I'm happy now that you're <laughs> here. We're just like in here doing radio, living our best lives. Um, and before we get into anything, I just want to ask you, Gemma, what are you grateful for today? I am grateful today for the trip I just took. I went to Melbourne for oh, a couple of days. It was pretty nice. great. Hang yeah. out with some friends. Really yeah. good. Oh, that is awesome. I actually saw I saw an Instagram story of yes. you guys going to the snow. Yes, it was that so is good. Awesome. We oh, weren't sure that there would still be snow there, but there was highlight of the week. And you got to throw snowballs at each other and yeah. hang out. That yep. is that is the best. That is such a good time. Before we continue on, um, give us another clue for the quiz. All right, I believe we're up to number four. Mm-hmm. I was covered with leprosy because the Lord was angry with me. I actually think I know who this is. All right, let's oh, see. On. Let's uh, see if Lawson's right. right. Am I wrong? You are wrong. You are indeed. Oh, hang on, wait. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're wrong. I'm looking at the card. You are wrong. <laughs> are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Are you sure? Are you, are you positive? I am absolutely sure that, that I'm, you are wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. Incorrect. Wait, did I pick... Did you read the right clue? Am I wrong? Am I stupid? Is he wrong? Yeah. No, Is, no, that's you, wrong. You, that's wrong. Yeah, you did get it wrong. I'm sorry. Okay, well, in that case... um. That means the double prizes are still up for grabs. <laughs> Give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you'll be blessed. Um, but, of course, you have to know who this is. But we are continuing into our Encounter with God time here. We just had an interview, Lyle. Uh, we had a, a recorded interview with Lyle and Kent Kingston. Now we're going to be getting into a Bible study. And we're going to be talking about inclusiveness. Ooh, we're going to be talking one. about, uh, in fact, in our 20 million movement booklet, uh, this, this section is titled Our Common Humanity. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the kind of radical shift that happens when Jesus comes on the scene. It's interesting to note here the, the context that builds up to this, and especially that builds up to what we see happening in around the time of Acts chapter 10 and chapter 11. Um, to give some context for that, basically... A centurion has a vision, a Roman centurion who is a believer in God. He has a vision that he needs to know the truth. He's like, yes, I need to know the truth. And in this vision, God tells him to call for Peter, who was the leader of the early church, the apostolic church. Um, then this this Roman centurion, his name is Cornelius, sends out uh, his his men and they go and collect Peter and Peter comes back and all these people are waiting for him. And, and basically Peter is asked to preach the gospel to him. But this is after, I forgot to mention, uh, this is after Peter has a crazy dream as well. And in this dream, he sees this big white sheet come down from heaven and then it opens up and all these animals are running across it. And it says the, the, the animals that are there are unclean. And so I could imagine some of the uh, animals running across uh, this sheet that were unclean, you know, maybe like a, like a giraffe. No, I think, 
giraffes are clean. No, maybe like a hyena or an elephant or like a penguin. I recently went down to the aquarium and saw a penguin and it was, I love penguins. They're my favorite animals. But I can see all these animals running through this sheet and God says to Peter, arise, um, arise and devour and eat. And Peter says, I'm a Jewish man, God, and I've never eaten anything unclean in my life. And then uh, God responds with what God has made, you know, um, what God has made clean, you shall not call common. And now if we really dive deep into that, you know, we understand that God isn't talking necessarily about food here. Um, He is talking. In fact, he's very much not talking about food. He's talking about people Mm. because up until this point, it was unlawful for Jewish people to deal with Gentiles. Um, that was a, a law that you know the, the Jews instituted. It was it became a part of their their Jewish culture, their Jewish system to become very insular. And the reason was is because for the previous four hundred years, um, they had been let out of uh, captivity from. At first, it was Babylon, and then it was Medo Persia. And then they had the ability, you know, they were given the opportunity by Medo-Persia to rebuild their city and everything. And they were so scared to fall back into idolatry um, that they just became so insular. They were like, we have no dealings with any Gentiles. We have no dealings with anyone unless they're Jews. Everyone around us um, is just basically like we can't even talk to them. And that then encouraged and inspired, um, unfortunately, uh, this sort of culture of, you know, of us and them, a culture of, you know, we're the Jews, we're the best, and everyone else, they're just like, they're not loved or cared about by God, which is terribly, terrible thing to, terrible mindset to get into as the people of God. And also, I believe anyway, the mindset that the people who made the rule to not have dealings with people who weren't Jews, I believe that that's the mindset that they actually didn't have. You see, when people try and dive into this understanding. People try and dive into this thing of like, oh, why did the Jews become so uh, so repulsed and, and push back every other nation around them? People are like, oh, well, from the get-go, it's just because they thought that they were amazing because they were the Jews and they didn't want to have anything to do with them. But let me ask you this, Gemma. What happened every single time the Jews had dealings with anyone who wasn't Jewish Oof. up until this point. Ooh. What was what was the oh, result of that? Look, nothing good. Nothing, nothing good. Nothing good. Exactly. So what actually would happen is the Jews would have dealings with people from other countries. Then they would fall heavily into idolatry and start worshipping their gods. They'd start committing human sacrifices. They'd start just like paganism would completely take over their country. Yeah, so definitely nothing good. Definitely nothing good. You know, people sort of look at it and they're like, oh, the Jews ended up in that place and it was terrible and blah, blah, blah. But you have to understand that the context of those kinds of rules coming in place was the fact that every single time they had dealings with other people, they would fall into idolatry. Now, does this show, does this tell us that, oh, we shouldn't have dealings with people who are not Christian or, you know, not, no, of course not. This was actually the, the reflection of the Jews own heart. It was like, basically, unless the Jews were in a good environment, unless the Jews were in like surrounded by other Jews, they couldn't be faithful. Um, And this continues on because, and we can really see that clearly by the time of Jesus, because the Jews have become so insular that they're only surrounded by Jews, yet they're still unfaithful. 
Does that make sense? Mm. It's like we, we see a pattern here. It was the state of their own heart. It was that they weren't truly converted and they didn't really have God's mission in mind anyway. The, the purpose of their dealing with Gentiles beforehand was not to further the kingdom of heaven or further the gospel or further anything. It was just like, oh, we're just going to hang out with them. Oh, now we're in idolatry. Rip. Oops. Oops. You know, like (laughs) nothing good ever came of dealing with the Jews. And so understandably, this whole scene happens, basically. Mm. We we get dropped into Acts chapter 10. Cornelius has a vision and calls for Peter. Peter has a vision about, you know, this, oh, I have to go and reach the Gentiles now. Mm. Um, And so then it all comes together. Cornelius's men collect Peter. Peter goes to, I believe they're in Caesarea. Yep, I was I was correct. Bible knowledge. Um, they're in Caesarea and Peter rocks up, goes into a basement under the centurion's house. There's all these Gentiles there, Greeks and Romans, and he preaches the gospel to them. All of them get baptized. And it's like the first time that we see this largely Gentile population, you know, largely de- Gentile group of people like give their heart to God. Um, give their heart to Jesus and be baptized. You know, up until this point, you had people like the Ethiopian eunuch. And people were like, oh, well, wasn't he the first? It's like, no, because the Ethiopian eunuch was actually Jewish. This is something interesting that I learned from being in Ethiopia, that the Ethiopians have been believers. They weren't Jewish in... in, in, in um, I could see your face. You're like, yeah, what? I was like, well, hang on a second. Wait, they, that needs they some weren't, explaining. They weren't, on. they weren't Jewish genetically, but they were very heavily believers in God up oh. until this point, actually. This is a really cool history. Like, we yeah, wow. s- see Solomon um, was hanging out with the Queen of Sheba, who was the Queen of Ethiopia. They yep. were the most, uh, the, the Aksumite Empire was the most successful African empire. And they had dealings with the Jews. And so mm. they were already believers in God. Then the Ethiopian eunuch, who was like one of the second in command to mm. the Queen at the time, he was hanging out in Jerusalem for the pen- for Pentecost because he's a believer in God. Then he gets converted, becomes a Christian, goes back to Ethiopia, converts the whole nation to Christianity. And then Ethiopia has been a Christian state for the last 2,000 years. Well, there you go. So that's some really interesting history. But that is definitely not the case or the context when it comes to these uh, Greeks, these, mm. these Romans. We're going to see that right after this. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So we see here these Romans and Greeks, they're fully Hellenist mm. like they're 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 not like already believers in God you know they're not like a half half and half like the Ethiopian like oh yeah we're Ethiopian by ethnicity but we believe in God and mm. we're, we keep all the practices of the Jews no these guys like straight up were like completely Hellenistic believed in pagan gods like had generational pagans basically and Peter rocks up preaches the gospel to them and converts them it's it's amazing. It's awesome. Such a beautiful scene. And, and um, yeah, in fact, the Bible says this in verse 44. And I'm going to give you this Bible so that you can follow along with me, Gemma. Sorry for not offering. I should have, should have sorted that out. That's all right. So we're going to be in uh, Acts chapter 10, verses 44. And I might actually get you to read that for me. Sure. Acts chapter 10. We're going to read 44 to the end of the chapter. 44. Now, this right. is directly after Peter has just preached the gospel to them and told you know told them the truth, the good news about Jesus. And then it goes on to say in verse 44. 
Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, Can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Mm. So this like amazing, basically. There's something really, really awesome happens here. And it's actually kind of alluded to in the life of Jesus. We have that story about, you know, the centurion asking Jesus to heal his son. Mm. And basically when Jesus rocks up, the centurion like walks out and says, you know, like, it would be dishonorable for you to come under my roof because like you are the son of God. You're so amazing. He's a believer in God. I'm he's a believer in Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, wow, like I've seen not a great, such great faith all in Israel. And, but Jesus was saying that because Jesus was, you know, Jesus, Mm. he's a very spiritual person. And he saw this centurion manifesting the fruits of the spirit. So the fruits of the spirit are faith, joy, love, kindness, patience, self-control, like they're, they're basic um, character traits that are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit being in your life. Mm. Like that's what we understand the fruits of the Spirit to be. And because Jesus was so spiritual, he could see like, okay, like when he says to Peter, when Peter says, you're the son of God, then Jesus says, oh, this is something that my Father in heaven has told you. This is something the Holy Spirit has told you. It's not from me. He recognizes in Peter because Peter said he's the son of God that, okay, you've got the Holy Spirit. Here, when Jesus sees the centurion, he, you know, sees this great faith of the centurion and says, okay, you've got the Holy Spirit. But for Peter, not being Jesus, not being, you know, Peter was a a radical, amazing dude, but definitely not Jesus, (laughs) definitely full short, as we all do. Mm -hmm. And so what Peter essentially needed and what God did in that, in that circumstance is he started manifesting through them, not only the fruits of the spirit, but the gifts of the spirit. And they start speaking another tongue. So they start speaking. I can imagine they start speaking like Aramaic to Peter. And Peter's like, because these guys only speak Greek, right? Because yeah. they're, cause they're Romans and Romans spoke Greek at the time. That's something interesting. If you didn't know that, um, Latin, which is, you know, known commonly as the Roman language, was only spoken um, by those who lived in Rome in the highest classes of people. But pretty much like... Greek was the common language. Greek was the common language. Oh, and cool. that was because of Alexander the Great putting universities everywhere when Greece was the dominant world power before that, that it was the power that uh, preceded Rome. But here we see, yeah, the manifestation of the fruits of the spirit. They start speaking other tongues and, and magnifying God. They're probably saying things that they don't even know. You know, they probably start quoting Bible verses. They probably start, yeah, they're speaking Aramaic um, and like all these different languages. And they're like, probably, you know, Peter's standing there. And he, his response to that is like, in my Bible, it says, can we forbid anyone water um, that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? It's like, Okay, if these guys are receiving the Holy Spirit, like we know that God is working in their lives and they have the right to to essentially to be baptized, to be saved. Mm. And this is the thing, like we get a little bit hung up on, yeah, inclusiveness and, and, and all that stuff. Like as in we, we strive as churches to be inclusiveness and, and today that's a real that's a really big focus of Christianity, as it should be. Um But I think that inclusiveness comes from this very fact. 
the Bible says this, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay. And Jesus is the answer to that. Jesus is the one, you know, by his sacrifice, sin is taken away. We are all essentially then related. It doesn't matter who you are, black, white, Asian, Indian, Jewish, uh, Jewish, Greek, Greek, Australian, American, (laughs) Russian, Chinese, um, uh, labor, liberal, Republican, (laughs) Democrat, communist. Like it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what people group you're a part of. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of morals, you know, uh, whether you're, you come from a society that's developed with high and lofty morals, like, Mm. like, you know, an Australia, a first world country, or you come from a cannibalistic tribe in the, in the middle of the, of the, the rainforest in South America. Like it doesn't matter who you come from. We're all under the same condition. Mm. We all have the same condition. That is sin. Therefore we all need a savior i think the jews in their kind of dealings with you know in, the, in this whole law that came about that they can't, they couldn't deal uh with gentiles they started to come to the understanding this false misconception of an understanding that oh well 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 we're the only ones who are saved and these guys are all lost around us like there is no salvation for us um but the bible makes it very clear and also you know in, in the classic you know i think it's uh Galatians like 328, right? There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, we are all one in Christ Jesus. <laughs> this is int- this is amazing. We're all one in Christ Jesus, not because of how good we are, but how much we are not good. Yeah. Like wow. how much of a si- like how much sin we have in us. Like the fact that we're all sinners mean that we're all one in Christ Jesus. We all have the availability of salvation. In fact, the Jews saying that we're the only one can that, that can be saved, they were like in a roundabout way they were saying like we're the worst of the bunch and they didn't even realize it because like we're the ones that that like that need the salvation, but we know that everyone does. I've I've recently had some experience with some different kinds of theologies who believe a, an actual similar thing to what the Jews believe that only they can be saved and and uh, there are other classes and races of people that can't be saved. You know when you have a look at sort of the the neo Nazi brand of theology, the Black Israelite brand of theology, which are two opposing theologies that actually believe a similar thing. If you're listening and you're and you're subscribers to any of those things, I would uh, yeah love to do Bible studies with you and, and love to just show you what the Bible says. And this is not coming from a, from a judgmental point of view, but just coming from a, Hey, like the Bible is very clear when it says that we are all one in Christ Jesus, no matter what, you know, especially when it says neither Jew nor Greek. Now that is just a, we see here what we're talking about here, the Jews and the Greeks, the Jews and the Hellenists, the Jews and the Gentiles, like there is neither Jew nor Greek. That is just for Paul to say that, for Paul to write that in the book of Galatians. We know that that was the first epistle that he wrote around the sort of time of AD 45. It's just so utterly bombastic from a Jewish perspective that there is neither Jew nor Greek, that we're all the same. Yeah, it was just so counterculture at the time, but that was what Jesus was trying to teach us. And uh, praise God that, you know, that came to fruition in the early church and that they truly believed that because me and Gemma are sitting here as gentiles yeah uh, me Gemma, producer jazz you know I, I look around our office here at faith fm and in the north new south wales conference office like see all these people who are you know and and where uh, yeah 
a group of people who are culturally and racially diverse that come from all the, you know, we're all Australian, but then there's all the little different things that come into it. You know, I think of like a, a Nick Kute who has a, you know, different kind of, different kinds of ethnic backgrounds in the office. Like we are all one in Christ Jesus. Um, why? Because, <laughs> because we're all sinners <laughs> and that's amazing. And that's something that's awesome to know. And we're going to get a little bit more. We have a, a song coming up soon. This is Scott Reed with who he is. Uh, that's going to be coming up in the, in the next 25 seconds or so, but we're going to get up to, uh, after that song, the, the sort of disciples response to this and the, and the conclusion that they come to like, Oh man, what, what should we do about this? We're going to have a look in, uh, Acts chapter 15 as well at Jerusalem council. That was a super important milestone. But yeah, oh, it's so good to study these passages and just to see, you know, where, how radical Jesus was at this time. But yeah, this is, like I said, this is Scott Reed with Who He Is.
Welcome back to Faith FM, and I have been told that the quiz has been answered. Um, and the quiz has been answered by a lady named Jackie. That's awesome, of course. The answer to the quiz was Miriam. Yes, it was. Um, awesome. So that means, because I hadn't written it down yet, that means that Jackie gets double prizes. Woohoo! So good for you, Jackie. We'll be, uh, we'll be getting those prizes out to you. And oh, do we have time? Mm, no, no, no. I don't. I don't. Well, maybe. Actually, yeah. Pick <laughs> another. Pick another. Pick another card out, and we'll just do another quiz. Another card out of the out of the box here. All right. And and make sure it's like a good one. Like it's like a like a a good one. Ooh. All right. She's looking. She's looking for. I'm looking. I'm gonna find one. Yes. No, I like this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's go. New quiz. New prizes. Up for grabs. Of course, if you get it in before me, then I you get double prizes. But yeah, right. let's go. First question or statement or whatever. Who am I? I prophesied. See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all the ungodly. Wow. What a, what a prophecy. Woo. Oh, he's writing. And he is incorrect. Oh my word! <laughs> okay, well that's all, all good. I, I'm so I get so intensely <laughs> like I I am so competitive. If about you this. all could see what I could see. How competitive he gets, man! The pen slaps down on the uh, table. This paper's like ah, uh, it like hurts my soul when I don't know <laughs> it. I've been on a really bad streak recently. I'm like I'm struggling with this, but it's alright. I, I I think I know who this is. Like I, it's incorrect, but as we do more clues, I'll get it. Uh-huh. But we're going to continue on with our Bible study. We've been talking about inclusiveness and the events that follow here. Um, so basically, as we let's do a little bit of a recap. Peter rocks up to Caesarea, preaches to a group of Gentiles. They all display the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They all get baptized. They're like, Peter's like, sweet. Stays there for a little bit. Then at the start of chapter 11, the Bible says this. It says, now the apostles and the brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision, okay, the Jews, contended with him. What do they say to him, Gemma? What is verse three? You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them. Mm. So that's their big response, you With know. An exclamation like, mark. like it's interesting. It's like, you know, we think of like an evangelistic series or something today. Um, by the way, quick shout out to the evangelistic series that myself <laughs> and Lyle Southwell will be preaching at. If you want any information about that, give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you'll be able to get more information on that. Um, you'll be able to book a seat. It is in Raymond Terrace. Uh, but anyways, imagine like, yeah, evangelistic series. You go to like some random country and um, baptize all these people. And then you come back and like all the, all the people at your church are just like, why would you baptize them? You're so stupid. Like it just wouldn't happen today. Um, but again, coming from this culture that, oh man, every time we've dealt with Gentiles, we've just led us to let go of our faith and become pagan. And now you're eating with them. Now you're teaching them the oracles of God. Like, Peter, what is wrong with you? Mm. you? You know, it says you even ate with them. Like, that was the kind of level of, like, you know, disdain that they had for for these Gentiles. They were like, why would you even eat with them, Peter? You're probably, like, going to sacrifice your kids tonight. Like, oh, that's super <laughs> rough. But, like, that's that's maybe the mindset that they had. Like, it was that serious to them. And Peter goes on to tell them the story of what happened. 
And the most important part of this story is when we get back down to verse... So he tells them, he says, you know, like, oh, like these people, they sent for me. I went and I preached to them. And then they started displaying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then it says this. Would you read verse 16 for me? And then verse 17 as well. Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to stand in God's way? Mm. So he recognizes again, it's sort of, he's putting in, in a kind of word form, like what he's just seen and the experience that he's been through. He's like, look, if these guys receive the Holy Spirit, how could I possibly stop them from being baptized? Like, it's it was so clear to him, like God is doing something here. And it's actually crazy, their response to this. I want to read this in my translation because I just like, I love the power that it has. It says, when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. It's like this thing. They're like, they all fall silent and then they get it. And this really reveals the state of their heart. There's no like jealousy here. There's no like, oh, but that's not right. They're just like, the Holy Spirit's really working in these early Christians. And they realize they're like, God has saved these guys too. Mm. And they're like, amen. And then they, they like, I could imagine then they just, they just realize the gears start turning in their head. They start realizing the words that Jesus said before he went to heaven, you know, uh, Acts chapter one and verse eight, you know, you'll be my witnesses from, from Jerusalem and then, you know, uh, Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth, you know, like they're like, oh, so now we get it. We have to go and win the whole world and we have this mission for everyone. You know, this is a, a number of years after Jesus died and, and was resurrected and returned to heaven. I can imagine they had been doing a lot of ministry in Jerusalem and winning people there, but then they realized like, wow, the whole world has opened up to us, basically. We have the ability to save everyone, but not only that, like that's that's not only good for us, but like God has chosen to save the Gentiles. Mm. Now, God has always chosen to save the Gentiles. We see this even, you know, New Testament, Old Testament. My favorite, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, one of my favorite stories of Jesus is uh, John chapter four, where Jesus goes and sees the woman at the well, a Sumerian, non-Jewish. Um, again, she responds to Jesus with, Jesus comes and talks to her and she's like, you know that Jews don't have dealings with Sumerians, mm -hmm. right? Sum Samaritans. Uh, like, like what, what, what is, what is wrong with you? And, um, Jesus then says to her, like, if you knew the gift that I have for you, like, Oh, I'll give you living water. Like he's just literally like, I'll give you salvation basically. Um, it was God's plan from the big, very beginning to save all people. And now God has had to deal with a number of situations and all that stuff. But it's just amazing that finally in the time of the early church, like they have the great commission, they have the gospel. Um, and they're like, okay, let's do this. Let's go and win people. We're not going to have time to jump into Acts chapter 15, but we're not going to have time to get there. But I just want to talk about a little bit the work that then went on from there, you know, because the rest of the book of Acts is mostly about Paul, um, which is really cool. We don't really have an extended book of Acts that goes over the next couple of hundred years of ministry that happened. But you look at the result of the early faithful apostolic church, you know, who had the doctrines of God and it, well, the doctrines of Jesus and who were following God at the time. Um, up until, you know, the dark ages, like by the time Constantine decided to make um, Christianity the state religion of Rome in about 300 AD, um, around that time, there was about 250 to 300 million 
people on earth and an estimated, you know, 150 million people as a part of the Roman Empire as the Roman Empire expanded across the known world at the time. And by the time that Constantine became decided to become Christian and make the state religion Christian, around 1 in 10 to 1 in 8 people in the empire were Christian. So that's a huge number of people. And that was just from the work of peasants, literally. Mm. Like these peasants, you know, there was no media ministry at the time. Mm. There was no anything. They were just like, oh, we're just going to walk around and tell people about Jesus. And there's some amazing stories that come from that and how... Um, yeah, Christians were just the most loving, caring people and they care, you know, Christianity was the first religion that was crossing cultures and crossing borders, you know, before religions, before this point, religions were like a flag, you know, it was like, oh, this religion's my country. But now Christianity was like, yeah, one in 10 people in the Roman empire from all different areas across it. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. It was incredible. And We have the same commission today. Uh, Right now, this is Keith and Christine Getty with The Power of the Cross.
Happy Hearts is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5, designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. (laughs) Is forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Don't give up, the victory is 
try to toss you to and fro. Don't be intimidated. He is already defeated. Don't give up. Victory is sure enough. For angels fight What a classic. That's Melissa Otto with Don't Give Up. Of course, it's not really a classic. It was, like, released in 2014. But anyway... It could a, be a classic. It could... It, One day. Yeah. I reckon it will be. It's for a sure. pretty good song. For it's, sure. like, top, top album for me. It's, like, legendary album. But we're coming now to our question of the daytime. But we have another clue for the quiz. We do. So would you give that to us? Okay. The next clue in the Who Am I quiz is... I lived to be 365 years old. Oof. Oh, oh. oh we got it. Yep, so I, 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 I yeah, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> so a person I know texted me the answer, actually, and I was like, all right, well, do you want the prize? And she was like, nah. <laughs> so so I, I knew who it was. <laughs> so, But I was going to get it on that clue. Yeah, I, oh, yeah. I knew oh, it. Yeah, but yeah. that means that she's not keen. So that means that the the quiz is still open. The prize is still up for grabs. If you know who this is, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. But now we have our time for question of the day. So, question Gemma, day. what is our question of the day? All right. I put a little bit of thought into this because I wanted to challenge you. Oh, okay. So this is a you question. You, this is a me question. This yep. is a question that I specifically put some time and thought into okay. because I know you and you've got a bit of a brain. So I had to think <laughs> of something that was Oof. a little bit challenging. Okay. Now, because I'm studying theology laws and I thought I would choose something relevant. Uh-huh. So my question for you is, why do we need good theology? Oh, why do we need good theology? We don't. Oh, We don't need good... No, I'm just oh. that, that was actually... That was... That was... You know, so Lyle always says controversial <laughs> stuff like that, but then he qualifies his statements and it makes sense. I just wanted to say that just for a laugh. 
No, I think, why do we need good theology? I think when we say good theology, we're talking about our understanding of what the Bible says. Yes. Why do we need good theology? And why, I, do you, do you, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure in your question, you're meaning in the way that why do we need to be united in good theology? Mm. Why do we all need to be in the pursuit of good theology? You know, there is definitely a trend out there where people are saying, we don't need good theology. Like, we just need to believe in Jesus. You know, everything else is just up to you and you can just believe what you want. Um, there's a couple philosophical reasons as well as uh, I'm going to share a biblical passage with you why I think that we do need good theology. Um, The philosophical reasons is if you say that you don't need good theology, like you just need to believe in Jesus and that's it. Mm. Um, Although like, yes, Jesus is the single and central pillar of our faith. Like our belief in Jesus is the, the, the point basically. But everything that surrounds that, if you say, oh, well, I don't need to worry about that, you're inherently settling for mediocrity. Ooh. So that's so Ooh. basically you're saying that I don't need to know I don't need to know things, basically. You're you're intentionally not knowing things for the sake of not knowing them. So that's not a good place to be in. Um you're yeah, like I said, inherently settling for mediocrity. So Another thing is some people say that, oh, the reason we don't have to worry about theology is because theology divides. Now, yes, in a way it does. Um, Essentially, this whole world is split up into two groups of people, people who believe in Jesus and are saved and people who don't and aren't. Like, that's very simple. Um, You know, the qualification, there's so many qualifications there of like, oh, you know, God winks at ignorance and it's about where you're brought up and all that stuff. Um, But I think that, theology is in in terms of christian circles is one of the greatest uniters that we have because if we're all united in belief um well then we all believe the same thing and then we can all move forward in the same direction uh we see in first corinthians chapter one this this section actually this passage in my bible i'm going to start reading in verse 10 it's actually titled second sectarianism so the belief in like like having multiple sects of a church who believe different things it says sectarianism is sin Mm. and it goes on to say this it says now i plead with you brethren by the name of our lord jesus christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you have you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment for it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that you are that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Um, he then goes on to say a bunch of stuff, but essentially what he's getting at is no, no. We should not be divided on theology. We should not be divided on doctrine. We should believe in the same thing. Why? Because it will unite us. Mm. Like he says that the worst thing that can happen to the church is divisions. So yeah, that's basically the end of that question. Contentment Teach me to 
be still Teach me how to rest in you For in you I am filled Only in you I am What I have is plenty What I have is good mm-hmm. What I have is also beautiful Thank you for it all Welcome back to Faith FM. We've come to the end of our show, Gemma. Oh, no. And I've really appreciated you being here and speaking and asking me questions and having a good old time, you know, heaps of fun. giving out quiz clues and whatnot. And I want to thank the listeners for listening. But before we close it off, what, are we, what do you have in your hand to give away? I have the book giveaway. Uh-huh. Okay. okay. And this book uh-huh. is actually my favorite. It's your favorite it's book actually my like, favorite. of all time. Well, maybe not. Well, the Bible is my favorite book oh, of all time, amen. right? Of course. Yeah, thank you. Right, right. This, <laughs> is, a, this, is, this is the next one. This is the next best one. Oh, okay? wow. This book, considering we've actually been looking at the book of Acts, which mm-hmm. is also one of my favorite books of the Bible, I might add. Dude, this same. book, Acts of the Apostles, written by Ellen White, is super awesome. I've read it a couple times. Really good. Really good book. Really good. Really keen. Okay, so Gemma is so keen about this book. She loves this book. This is an amazing book. She's like thinking about taking it home for herself. But I'm, she's I'm not going to. I'm not going to steal it. But she's you should call up. She's not going to, but you should give us a call. 1-800-324-843, and you will get this book completely for free. Do it. You, like, call up. You, won't you, even call, it. you don't even have to answer a quiz question. You just, you're just chilling. Just call. You just get a book for free, and that's awesome. 
Um, but yeah, we have come to the end of a show. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for tuning in, for answering quizzes, um, for beating me to the quizzes, unfortunately, for me and my reputation. <laughs> but yeah, of course, we just want to remind you, anyone out there, if you have a want to study the Bible, give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and we will hook you up with a Bible teacher in your area. If you're in the Newcastle area, you could do, do studies with me or awesome. with Gemma. Yes, for sure. Because she's here, you can hang out with us. Um, but we would love for you guys, if you have a need to learn about the Bible, we have a number of programs that we can put you into, a number of people who you can get in contact with. So, yes, thanks for listening. We have more great programming coming up after this. The note was clear. The price was high. Sin was found, and I must die unless by grace the price was paid. And at his feet, the note was laid. My hope was gone, how could it be? Sinless life could ransom me. Well, I was not worth what it would cost, and what this king paid for the lost, and what great love that Christ my King would give himself. Set me free. He traded heaven for sinners' plea. A king's ransom was paid for me. Well, my chains are gone, and I am free. Jesus paid. Dead for me. Well, I'm so amazed. And by his sweet grace, that the King of glory took my place. And what great love that Christ my King would give himself to set me free. Ransom was paid for me, and what great love that Christ my King would give Himself to set me free, for He traded heaven for sinners' plea. A King's ransom was paid for. Some was paid.